I've actually been trying to avoid the thought of it just because I know I get really stressed about it and worked up just thinking about everything that comes along with junior year. But as for preparing for it, I've just been like keeping note of what's coming and just trying to mentally prepare myself for what's to come. In Wisconsin, it's actually written in state law that school cannot start in the month of August. And so the dividing line between summer and fall could not be more clear. The end of August is the end of summer, and the first week of September always is the beginning of school. And for a lot of kids, that's good, even Jose Morales. He said he likes the excitement of the new school year. It's a new beginning, you have your new school supplies, maybe some new shoes or something. But that sense of anxiety Jose expressed about the start of school, that's really common too. And for some kids, it's worse than simple back-to-school jitters. It can be serious. If you're not in the right mental state to handle it all, you could just fall behind and feel hopeless, which ended up happening to me. Welcome to This Is Normal, a podcast where we talk to young people about their mental health challenges and how they made it through them. Because when we talk about this stuff, we all feel a little less alone. I'm Rob Menser. I'm an editor with USA Today Network, Wisconsin. I'm Rory Linane, and I've been working on our Kids in Crisis series about youth mental health for a few years. Rory and another reporter, Davy Shastri, recently wrote about how teen suicide rates go down in the summer and then rise in the fall and winter in a way that directly tracks with the school year. Davy interviewed Jose Morales. Hi, Davy. Hi, Rob. So tell us about Jose. Jose is a junior at Xavier High School in Appleton. He's at a new school this year, and that is definitely one of the things he was nervous about. Last year, he was at Appleton North, and he told me he had a really hard time there. A lot of the pressures include peer pressure, social pressures, pressure from the school itself, like homework. I do remember some days where I'd come to school and the whole day would just be a wreck. Everyone could see it on my face. Like, I would go to every class and all my teachers would say something about how I'm feeling. I barely got anything done. My mood was really crappy and everyone could tell so it's not like I could hide it either I was in my head I wasn't I was too deep into my head no one wants to be left in their own head Jose's mom was sitting in on our interview and told us about how she got concerned about him when she found a rope hanging in the basement 
She said she called his school and asked them to make sure he was okay. Then she picked him up early and took him to the hospital. He was released the next day. By, the, by morning, it was like it never happened, just moving on and just trying to overcome what just happened, I guess. It's a good thing his mom found that when she did. Yeah, and she kind of talked about how it wasn't something she realized was happening until she found that rope. And it was interesting seeing how she remembered a lot more details. It was more difficult for Jose to kind of pin down the, the moments of that day. He remembered going to the hospital and, and, and then being released. But there was a little bit of a combination of a very matter-of-fact way of talking about it and also this, this emotion that was still there. Did you talk about his decision to tell his story to us? So Jose is a friend of a student who we interviewed earlier in the Kids in Crisis series. So we got in touch with him through that person. And I didn't actually realize what he had gone through until I got on the phone with him for our first interview. And he kind of matter-of-factly mentioned that he had been admitted to the hospital because of suicidal thoughts. And then we talked a little bit about what he hoped to get out of sharing something so personal. And one of the things that he mentioned was that he was hoping that people hearing his story would realize that it's not something that is unique or wrong. It's something that people deal with. And by hearing his story, maybe someone else will realize that they're not alone. And the truth is, Jose's experience is much more common than we might want to think. I talked to Rory about that part of the story. Back in August, you and Davey were reporting your story on what going back to school does to kids' mental health. So wh what was your part? What did you look at? I looked at the data. So I asked the state for data about youth suicides, self-harm, and mental health hospitalizations going back 14 years. So then I, I looked at what the course of an average year looked like, combining all of that data. So I have seen the charts that you made, and I, they are really striking. We have a link to the story that you wrote. We have a link in, in our show notes. But basically what it shows, I, so one example is the number of emergency room visits for kids for self-harm. And it just, it just plummets between May and June. And then it stays low in July and in August. And then it increases in September. And by October, it's almost at the same level that it was when school lets out. Yep. Yeah, so for every metric we looked at, we saw the rates going down over the exact months of summer vacation, June through August, and then going up during the school year. So during summer vacation, there were fewer kids going to the emergency room for self-harm, being hospitalized as inpatient, having mental health crises where they had to go to the state's mental health hospital, and fewer students dying by suicide over summer vacation. I want to get into the correlation causation issue. It's not like sunlight, is it? I mean, are there reasons to think that this is really about the stress of the school year? Yeah, there, there could be other theories like sunlight seasons definitely affect mental health. But when we look at the adult population, you don't see the drop over summer vacation. So that makes us think that it's something specific to the experience of being in school versus being out of school. You talked a lot of like people who work in the field, experts. Is this a phenomenon that 
people are aware of? Do they see, do they see what, what you see in this data? Well, I was kind of surprised that no one I could reach at the Department of Health or Department of Public Education for the state was aware of this kind of trend. They hadn't looked at these numbers this way before. But when I talked to the Hope Line, they operate a text-in crisis line for students who might be having emotional crises. That It wasn't surprising to them because they see the subjects changing over the course of the school year. And during summer vacation, they're not seeing as many texts about academic stress and social stress. And during the school year, they are seeing students dealing with higher rates of anxiety and thoughts of self-harm and suicide. I guess a question I want to ask is, do you think this this is inevitable? Like, like school is hard, but it's also kids have to go to school. It's important. We can't abolish school. So are there just stresses that come with going to school that will never go away? Or are there things that we can do about it? Or parents or other peers can do about it. There are things about school that will always be stressful and that's part of the point. It's like helping kids learn how to deal with stress in their lives that they're going to be dealing with for the rest of their lives. So I think the key is making sure students know how to cope with that kind of stress and making sure that school is an exposure to healthy ways of dealing with healthy amounts of stress. And I think what this is showing is that for a lot of students, that's not what's happening. They're having too much stress or they're not having the tools to know how to deal with that stress. And another thing is if you look at it over time, we are seeing greater rates of anxiety and suicide among students. So I think there's um, something to be said for this um, atmosphere that has become increasingly competitive, where students feel like they, they always have to be the best at academics, sports, and socially have the best Instagram feeds. There's so much to compete for that there's just so many sources of stress in students' lives. We asked the Hope Line to share some real text messages they got from real teens about their school stress. And we asked some people we know to read them. Here's what the stress of school sounds like. I'm trying, but I just don't fit in. I hate math. I'm, I'm so far behind that I don't ever think I'll catch up. I don't do relationships very well. Seems after she met with her friends last night, everything changed. What did I do wrong, and how do I make it right if I don't even know what I did wrong in the first place? It is so hard to balance school and sports. It's too much. I feel like a loser. Everyone else seems to have it all together. I guess I'm just not good enough for that. I know the teacher says we have to take these certain tests in certain years, but I don't like my Davy, you talked to another student in making this piece, right? I did. Mackenzie Fox is a junior at Oshkosh West High School. She talked about the ways that her experience of school stress has changed as she got older. In middle school, I was bullied by this girl. She would just kind of like always call me names. She would push me around all the time, like physically push me around. And I remember that being a really hard time for me. At the time, we weren't really the whole social media thing like middle schoolers are now. And so it wasn't, I wasn't affected then, and my home life, it wasn't affecting me. But when I went to school, 
it just kind of always like put me in a bad mood because I'd be like, well, great, she's gonna like mess with me again. That made me not want to do well in school because I would just constantly be thinking about her and like the hurt feelings she gave me. For Mackenzie now, it's not a bully that causes her stress, but it is the pressure of keeping up with school, her job at a local pizza place, and studying for tests. She's a nervous test taker. I'm so stressed out every single time I take a test. I'm just one of those people. One day, specifically last year, during the school year, it was um, first semester finals week, and teachers like really aren't supposed to assign homework that like that week because you're supposed to be studying for your finals. And I remember every single one of my teachers like they were having me do assignments, and it was it was so stressful. And that's also the time I was working. I just started working. And I remember being like so stressed that I just like, I told my mom, like, I just, I can't do this right now. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to go to school. I, I wasn't the only one that was feeling that way either. It was just like, I don't think it, it should be so stressful like that. Both Jose and Mackenzie have been in school for a few weeks now, and they're both determined to make the most of this year. Just my main focus for this year is just to make it a good one. My first good high school year, I guess. Even if that is at a new school with no friends, um, I'm just gonna try to hopefully bring all the positive energy I can to that school. I'm really excited to be an upperclassman because I don't, I, I don't like being on the lower end of the food chain, if that makes sense. Like being a freshman is scary, being a sophomore is semi-scary, but now that I'm a junior, I'm just like, it's, I'm in school. I just gotta do me. <laughs> if you can't carry this Before we go, we wanted to let you know about some changes coming to This Is Normal. Beginning with this episode, we're going to a monthly production schedule, so it'll be one new episode per month. We've got a lot of stories we want to tell. We're hoping the new schedule will allow us time to do the reporting and production work necessary for some deeper dives into all sorts of issues around youth mental health. At this point, the podcast is only about six months old, and really it is still an experiment for us in a lot of ways. So we're gonna to try to take on some different types of stories, some different ways of reporting stories, but that is all the more reason that we wanna hear from you. Do you have a story we should be telling? Do you have a question we can answer about anything to do with youth mental health? You can email Rory and me at thisisnormal at gannett.com. Gannett is G-A-N-N-E-T-T. Where should we go and what do you wanna hear? We hope to hear from you soon and we'll be back in October with a new episode.
This Is Normal was produced by Alexandra Wimley and me, Rob Menser, with recording help from Bill Schultz. And this is Alexandra Wimley's last show with us as she is moving on to her next chapter. Thanks, Allie, and all good things for your future. The song you heard at the opening and closing of this episode is Sarah by Emily Anderson, written after the death of her friend. Emily is an amazing singer and songwriter from Fairbanks, Alaska, and you can find more of her work at emilyandersonak.com or follow her on Instagram or Twitter at emilyandersonak. The readers of our teen text messages were Ethan Laska, Laura Schulte, and Megan Stringer. This is Normal is a production of USA Today Network Wisconsin and part of our ongoing series of reporting on youth mental health, which we call Kids in Crisis. Find more of our reporting at postcrescent.com slash kidsincrisis. If you'd like to share your reactions about this show or reach out, I'm on Twitter at Robert Menser, or you can email the show at thisisnormal at gannett.com. We're excited to be back and looking forward to making more stories. Please help us reach more people by doing all the things sharing links on social media, leaving us a rating and a review in your podcast app, inviting friends over for brunch and spelling out the name of our podcast and sausage links on the table or whatever you can do. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 or text HOPELINE to the National Crisis Text Line at 741741. We all struggle sometimes, and it's good to get help. Don't leave us behind.